we believe better patient experiences begin with a commitment to every aspect of healthcare. This is Full Circle Healthcare, a MedSphere podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Full Circle Healthcare podcast presented by MedSphere. I'm Tyler Kern. Thank you so much for joining us for this episode of the program. Today, we're going to get to know micro office systems, and we're going to be speaking to Norman Ephraimson. He's the vice president of micro office systems. We're going to get to know a little bit more about them and what they do in the healthcare space. And so, Norman, welcome to the podcast. Thanks for joining me. Well, thank you, Tyler. It's also nice to join you and uh, good to be this afternoon. Yeah, it's, uh, it's fantastic to get a chance to talk to you and learn a little bit more about micro office systems. And so, uh, Norman, maybe just introduce us a little bit to yourself. Tell us a little bit about your role there as a vice president at micro office systems and, uh, and, and give us a little background into what it is that you guys do before we get into the specifics. Well, thank you. So, yeah, I actually started this company, uh, hard to believe, it, 35 years ago or so. <laughs> so been through all the ups and downs of the healthcare industry and IT, things like that. Um, but I'm really, I have to confess, a bit of a techie nerd. That's really what I enjoy doing is creating solutions to help streamline what people's daily work and things like that. So we built this company to in, in the healthcare space when we saw some needs that were out there, particularly with making different systems work together. So we were fortunate to be able to join up with MedSphere Systems Corporation, become part of it about a year ago, uh, it's almost a year now. And uh, there's an excellent team to work with, and they are able to help expand uh, the footprint of kinds of opportunities we can work with. So, Norman, from your perspective, why is there a need to archive in the first place? Well, um, there's actually been a lot of things going on in the industry. And going back, I would say, 10 years ago, the big push was to move on to like more comprehensive systems, and everyone was focused on that. Um, but then came a call a second wave where people found that their initial systems were not meeting their needs or they were outdated, no longer supported. They began to move to a next generation system. Sometimes this happened a few times. But then we got to a point where as these systems accumulated, they began to have costs associated with maintaining them and security issues. Uh, also, as healthcare has evolved into entities that are becoming, let's say, more consolidated, so different, let's say, smaller practices of doctors have been rolling up into larger ones, they're being acquired, that has also created um, a lot, an issue of older systems that are just sitting around there. Now, it's important to understand that these systems can't just be turned off and tossed away because there's issue, there's uh, requirements related to compliance and legal records re retention and things like that. And so there has to be access to the information. So what has happened is that entities are kind of caught between uh, having these the need to keep the information for a number of years, often, um, you know, do dozens of years in, in some cases, Versus the fact that the systems are are sometimes really outdated, not supportable, and don't don't fit in with modern technology. So that's the reason that there there is a need to archive. But I probably should also give just a little overview. And we talk about archives, what we really mean. So there's really two parts to an archive. The archive project is where we actually take the information out of the old system and turn it into some kind of usable format. That's like the project portion of it. The other part is the application. It's a way of being able to use the archive that we've created. And so that'll do things like help you find the particular record that you're looking for and do the functionality that you need to with it. So when we talk about archive, we're, we're referring loosely to both of those aspects that, that are involved. 
So, Norman, then uh, as a follow-up, why not just keep those systems around? Well, as I started to allude, there is the cost of maintaining the old system. Um, and one of the things that happens is we call staff proficiency. When a system isn't used for a while, the, the, the people who need to use it will forget how to use it, or you've got new employees now who don't even know how to use the old system. And because they were designed for a very different purpose, to be like a main system that was being uh, accomplishing functions, um, there's a lot of training that's necessary in order to, to able to use the system. Whereas an archive, if it's designed correctly, will not have that, that issue because it's just designed to do a very simple and straightforward process. But the other issue is security. Uh, we're all very familiar with the issues involved uh, these days in, in keeping systems safe and ransomware. They're having a term for it now. It's RAAS, you know, ransomware as a service. And, and we, we hate to joke about it because it's so serious, but it's almost a case of not if, but when it's going to happen to an entity. It's so prevalent. And so every extra system you have sitting out there, particularly outdated ones, is just another point of risk. So archival is, is really becoming a requirement um, for many organizations in order to minimize their exposure. Interesting. So what about just converting the data to the current system? Uh, why not do that? So there's a few reasons for that. Um, many vendors of the new systems have very tight requirements and limitations on what they will import. Uh, to them, this is like your problem, it's not theirs. And they don't want to introduce any extra or unnecessary information into their system. So first of all, as, as we're saying here, you may not be able to convert it all to the new system or the cost will be extremely high. Another issue is archival often goes beyond just one particular system. So you might have several systems that you need to archive for various reasons, and therefore putting it into any one particular system uh, is, is just not a good option. And I guess the last thing is that archive data is used very differently than, than ongoing current data. It doesn't need to be backed up, for instance, because it's static, so you just need one copy for backup. You don't have to constantly back it up. So when you put it into a new system, just for reference, you're really putting it into like, it's like, you know, putting uh, <laughs> uh, very, very basic tires on a Ferrari. Oh, see, I, I like that analogy, uh, the normal tires on a Ferrari, something that uh, that you wouldn't do. That's for that's for sure. Okay, so, um, so Norman, what are some of the landmines and maybe pitfalls to be avoided then in this process? Well, um, you know, there, there are many. And so it's important to understand that an archive is not a commodity. Um, you know, it, it, it doesn't have to be nearly as comprehensive as the main systems that are being used currently, but it is specialized in its own way. So based on the projects we've done, uh, which are quite, quite, quite a few, we've, we've had a chance to run across many situations. So one of the first I'd like to mention is make sure not to burn your bridges. So um, one, of the thing, one of the things that entities are really quick to want to do is, okay, how soon can we get rid of that old system? We want to put it in the landfill, burn it, <laughs> um, you know, turn it to sawdust, but you need to make sure that you keep a copy of the raw data in some way because is, as much planning as might go into the archive, if it turns out that something is incorrect or missing, if the original data is no longer there, there's no way to correct that. So one of the ways we handle that is we do offer hosting of the original data. We'll just keep it alongside the new 
formatted data that's the archive so that if something comes up, there is a way to uh, be able to go back to it. So don't burn your bridges is, is rule number one. Okay, so that is uh, that is item number one is don't burn your bridges. What's what's item number two on the list, Norman? Well, it, it's important to plan the project while you still have the option to. So one situation we run into is that the, the data becomes orphaned <laughs> um, before the project even begins. What I mean is the, the system that it was running on becomes inaccessible. It can't be used anymore. So we have the data, but no one can actually go into the old system and view it the way it was in the old system. And the reason this is a problem is because then there's no way to really validate that what we are creating is faithful to what is actually in the old system. Or we're looking at data, but data on its own doesn't always tell you the whole the whole story, the whole picture. So being able to see it in the old system is is really a critical part to making sure it's an accurate and faithful archive. So uh, whenever possible, it's a really good idea and very important to try and make sure the old system is still available with the recognition that sometimes that just isn't possible. Yeah, that's a that's a great point. That's a great point. Um, so what is uh, what is the third item on the list of, uh, of things to avoid landmines to watch out for you, if you will? OK, well, you have to make sure that it does meet the needs of all the different parties who might need to use the archive. So sometimes there's different departments typically in an entity, let's say a hospital. There is the medical records department that needs to satisfy what's called ROI, the release of information. So they have one particular type of need, um, which is really just to be able to get the information to the patient or another entity that's requesting it. But another need might be a department that needs to be able to refer to it for clinical information. So you need to make sure that all of the needs have been accounted for so that when we design the archive, um, it can handle each of those different scenarios. Often that means creating variations of the record that were that are suited for each of those different kinds of use cases. So that's I call a rule number three is to make sure that um, it meets the needs of all the different people in the organization that need to access the information. Does that require some some versatility, some flexibility for for that to to, to take place? Well, actually, yes. So I'll even call that <laughs> rule number four. <laughs> so very good. So here's the thing. We run into this a lot with with uh, with the archive projects, the way that uh, some entities want to do it, which is in your old system, okay, it was an application. And so one of the things you can do with the data typically is say, well, you know what? It'll prompt you and say, give me a date range. I just want to be able to see data that's from one set of, you know, one date to another day through through that range of dates. Whereas if we create a static archive, the whole thing is there and you don't have that ability to filter. And so the information will will be, it's like having too much of something. So the way around that, the solution to that is we have the ability to create archives that are somewhat dynamic, where before you actually view a document or, or a set of the information, you can specify criteria to limit it, which is important because if you're supposed to give only a portion of the data to another, uh, let's say, organization or something, but they're not supposed to have everything, you want to have a way to limit it. Otherwise, what you have to do is print it out, take out your you know, white out or your <laughs> a black magic marker and cross <laughs> off the parts you don't want, rescan it into the system, and then be able to send it on. So having that ability to tailor the information um, like the old system would have is important. I'll, I'll mention one more thing, which we, this might also be the make another rule, <laughs> come to think of it, is that 
in in your old application, well, let me step back for a second. What 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 we're talking about here is data, right? Data and information. But really, your old system and any usable application does more than that. It presents it in a way that's meaningful. So we have to be careful that when we're archiving a system, we're not just archiving data, we're also making it meaningful. So I'll give you an example of what I mean. Um, in a typical healthcare system, uh, you know, an IT system, there might be, let's say, sets of blood pressure readings and things like that. We all understand what those are, right? So right. the old system probably had a way of graphing it so that the information was meaningful and quick to grasp. Whereas if I simply take the data and archive it, when you look at it, you'll see like a spreadsheet grid <laughs> with the, you know, the different dates and times the readings were taken and the different values of it. But that doesn't really convey the picture. Another example of that is a growth chart. You know, every pedi pediatric office has those, being able to see that as a graph. So to sum up what I'm saying here is it's important to think through as you're archiving it, what are the views of the data that are important, not just the data itself. And so when we're going through, let's say, scoping a project out, this is something we spend a lot of time in, in asking the users what they relied on the old system to make sure that we have those parallel views in the archive itself. Excellent point. I, that's, uh, I, I think that was a great way of putting it. And so I think we are on now to landmine or pitfall to avoid number five. Is that correct, Norman? Yeah. That, well, we kind of put two in there. Um, but we But I would say the last one, um, I guess mm -hmm. this is where we pat ourselves on the back a little bit, but you have to have an experienced vendor. Um, being able to pull all the data out of any particular system, make sure that you know, you're not missing any of the information, that you understand the data, are able to pull it together in a way that it's that's accurate and, and faithful, as well as meeting whatever compliance requirements are there. Uh, and of course, security. Um, you know, we're fortunate to be part of an entity that is large enough to have very uh, sophisticated security infrastructure in place. And that is absolutely critical these days that you, any vendor that you use, um, you know, is able to keep your data safe and is not itself, you know, a weak point in, in the structure. So bottom line is making sure you use a very experienced vendor that has um, is able to pull the data out of your old system and make it into a, a accurate archive. Very, very excellent, uh, I think, advice and uh, and landmines and pitfalls to avoid. And, and speaking of experienced vendors and, and people that, that know the industry, what else do you offer to, to healthcare entities? Well, our other major offering is a patient communication system. Um, it allows, it, primarily it's designed to allow facilities to communicate seamlessly um, with their patients using all the different mediums of communication, like you know, texting, automated phone calls, emails, mailings, and patient portal. I mean, all of us have interacted in some ways with those kinds of uh, communications with doctors' offices. Uh, they're they're not um, groundbreaking they're, that they're out there, but our system is very comprehensive in, in supporting all those different types of methodologies for reaching your, your patients. And it's also been around and quite mature. It's, it's been around for, I'd say, about 15 years now. Very interesting. So tell me uh, about the connection between that and archives. How, how do you <laughs> maybe draw the connection there? Right. Archives and patient communications. <laughs> yeah. Interestingly enough, um, 
the way these two different, very different products um, evolved is is because one goes back to the very beginning of what you first asked me and our role as kind of being a vendor neutral entity. And so um, there there are a lot of solutions out there that are tied to a particular product, but then you know you're really limited in only using it with that product. Uh, so what we saw and found was that both of these really depend and, and are and get a lot of leverage when they're when they're neutral in terms of not being tied to a particular project. The archives, as we mentioned, and a good archive solution is going to be able to handle all, all your archive needs, not just one particular products uh, that, that you're that you're handling. Um, and similarly with the patient communications, many entities have several different systems that they may be using for different aspects of their uh, of their of their um, of their practice or the or the facility. Example being, the financial part may use one system, the uh, the clinical part may may use another system. Having a single solution that can bring all that together, no matter what the vendor was, uh, it, it, it enables the patient to be able to have a single unified experience. Uh, you know, experience. So that really is is um, you know what what how these how these two evolved. Interesting, interesting. So, Norman, if you had to to kind of break it down in in a nutshell, what else differentiates the communication system? Sure. So um, when we started this, uh, we we envisioned that it really should be like, you know, one ring to rule them all. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so, <laughs> so it, it that's a reference I get. Yeah, there you go. So it, yeah. it 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 encompasses financial and clinical and administrative. And again, you may have have experienced this where you you're working with, let's say, a, a hospital doctor's office, and all you know the way the 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 clinical part is like one way of dealing with them. But you go to pay your bill, you got to go to a whole different you know whole different thing. And that from a patient standpoint, you have to remember that. Unless you're talking about a really critically ill uh, chronic care patient, the doctor's office is often not the first thing or the most important thing in their mind share. And so having a single system that the patient just knows, I can go here and take care of whatever I need, it's more likely the patient's therefore going to use it. And what they call patient engagement, they'll actually you know, think of saying, okay, let me go to the patient portal. Let me go and try fill out this form because I know that I can accomplish what I need to. So that's the most important part, but there's some corollaries, which is that once you have a system that does everything, you just need a single interface to make it all work. And one of the most complex parts of these systems, as we talked about earlier, is that being able to get the information from one system to another. And because we have everything in one place with our system, there's only need for a single interface into our system to handle all these different kinds of communications. Um, then other cold areas are it's it's then you're easier to to train the staff um, and maintain the system, and it'll be used more by the staff too because they they expect that that what if I if I want to use something here I know how to use it and therefore they will more more likely to to, to use it more broadly. That's an excellent point. So so Norman, as we start to come to the end of our conversation here today, are there any um, any final thoughts or any conclusions or anything you want to leave our audience with today that, that maybe they didn't know about micro office systems um, or, or just archiving in general? Uh, anything either we haven't touched on yet or that you want to make sure that the audience walks away with here today? Well, absolutely. So, um, you know, archives in, in, in is kind of what we talked about mostly. So um, I just want to mention that 
archives really become a part of a you know a broader broader initiative within entities about how how do you care for data that is uh, essential and important to the organization. So one of the things we found is becoming like getting more questions about this recently is not just being able to have an archive of the data, but to be able to mine it, to be able to say, hey, this represents 20 years of information across 10 different systems. If we wanted to find out, you know, any patient who had certain you know, diagnosis or medications or things like that. Can we actually do that? And if we if we design it correctly up front, which knowing that goes back to that question about you know use cases, <laughs> um, we're able to actually normalize all that information. That's a technical term <laughs> to make it all you know so that it, no matter what system it came from, it all means the same thing, so that it can be reported on. So you know, again, it's really important to think not just how do I solve this single problem of the archive, but let's think strategically at the same time, how, how can I use this information that might actually help our organization as well as patient care? Fantastic stuff. Uh, that's that's really, really excellent explanation. And so, uh, Norman, it's been a pleasure having you here on the podcast with us today. Uh, where can people go to find more information about MicroOffice Systems if they want to get in touch with you, if they want to learn more about uh, the things you do, or maybe even reach out and ask questions? Well, absolutely. Um, we're on the website, uh, medsphere.com. There's a contact page there. Just uh, go ahead and uh, fill that out, and we'll be happy to go and answer any questions. Very, very good. Norman Ephraimson, uh, he's the Vice President of Micro Office Systems. Norman, thank you again so much for joining us on the Full Circle Healthcare Podcast. Thank you very much, Tyler. And everyone, thank you for tuning into this episode of the Full Circle Healthcare Podcast. We appreciate it very much. Of course, uh, stay tuned for upcoming episodes and you can subscribe on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. And we'll be back soon with more episodes of the show. But for this one, I've been your host today, Tyler Kern. Thanks so much for joining us.